Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth, the show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony. Welcome to Authentic Influence Live. This is Anthony Chansamuth from Simple Creative Marketing. And uh, today we are talking about why word of mouth and referrals will never go out of style. Uh, and I'm going to bring on our guest for this session, which is uh, Greg Gunther, who is director and co-founder of Your Business Momentum. Uh, Craig is a business coach and his experience as a business owner puts him in the position to be able to help small and medium business owners gain back time, freedom and achieve real results. Uh, Greg works with business owners to help them make redundant, to make themselves redundant and to build businesses that investors are willing to pay top dollar for. Uh, I know Greg does a fantastic job, him and his team, uh, because we had the, the fortune and the privilege of actually uh, helping Greg with a, with a case study for his business. Um, and so we know the kind of impact that they're making uh, on small business. Uh, adding to the knowledge gained from working with business over, business, businesses over the last three decades, Greg's role has now grown to become a certified systemologist. Uh, we actually had We've had Dave Jennings on the show twice now. Uh, so if you want to check out those episodes, you can go back uh, and look at those. Um, and we talk all about systems. And, and no doubt we'll be talking about systems with Greg because he's uh, he loves them. So let's bring on Greg. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ed. Lovely to be here. And thank now, you where are you? <laughs> Absolutely. Where are you dialing in from? Uh, I'm actually in Brisbane, uh, Brisbane, Australia. So where the cricket is. So I've been very, very closely watching the uh, the Ashes. So. Oh, fantastic! How are we doing? We're actually doing really well. We're um, we're basically in the lead on the first innings at the moment. So um, and only three wickets down. So it's all looking good. Very positive. Right. Cool. <laughs> are you a cricketer yourself? Is that your like your uh, history there? In in my in my younger days, I used to enjoy some cricket, and certainly been an avid follower ever since. So yeah, sure. Would you prefer the the fielding, or are you more of a batter or a bowler? You know, I enjoyed both. I used to fancy myself as a, a batter, but uh, the results often used to let me down with that. So um, <laughs> probably probably more on the field. Oh, I feel you. I feel yeah. I wish I could be a better bowler, but uh, sadly I'm not. <laughs> All right. Well, so. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Don't worry. There you go. All right. So for those of you who are dialing in from outside of Australia, you probably have no clue what we're talking about. But cricket is our number one sport or one of the top sports here. And uh, you definitely have to check out a game. And we might have to get Greg to explain the rules to you one day. <laughs> um, now, your business momentum, when did you start the business? And uh, how did you get into the whole coaching space? Yeah, there's quite a there's a backstory to just that uh, amp on its own. But um, your business momentum, as it exists right now, was founded in 2016. But that came as a rebrand when I brought on uh, my now partner uh, into the business. Uh, uh, the business of what we're doing now had its origins back in 2007 uh, when I sold out of my uh, financial planning practice. My background is actually in accounting. I built uh, that business over 17 years. So, you know, I, I guess that gave me some very hands-on experience uh, in understanding business and, you know, all the intricacies involved in that. Um, 
And, you know, I suppose one of the things, and it only dawned on me after I sold that business in 2007, that uh, it was actually somebody that told me, I, I hadn't realised that he said, I, I want you to do for me what you did for yourself. And I said, um, what do you mean? And he said, well, you made yourself redundant uh, in your business. And it was the first, it was one of those little light bulb moments, you know, like I, I guess I just sort of thought, well, I've, I've been through a process of uh, exiting my business, my then business, but um, what I had done is just obviously created a business that didn't rely on me. Uh, and, you know, that, that in itself um, became the genesis of what we do today in this business. That's fascinating. Yeah, there's definitely uh, coming from finances, and I've got clients who are in the finance space, and I remember talking mm. to you about that. Uh, mm. There's a real focus on systems, um, yes. really putting that into place. Um, and I think with you starting off in that world, it, it really shapes you uh, to understand, I guess, the intricacies of, um, you know, going from one, I guess, solo operator to building a team mm. to then scaling and these sort of things. Um, mm. And I can see, you know, uh, the value in doing so. Now, the tagline for your business momentum says results, not recommendations. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us more about the story behind that? Well, and, and I guess again, this goes back to my time when I was in the business itself. Um, you know, we, over that 17 years or so of me building that business from a one person practice to ending up being 25 of us all together, um, we employed a lot of external consultants and, and everything along the way. And I suppose the, 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 the resonating thing with me as I was doing that was the, the consultants just did that. They consulted, they had all the great knowledge and, you know, very, very wise. And uh, there's some great, um, great wisdom and uh, tips that came across with the, the process. But at the end of the day, we we're still left to uh, implement. And, you know, and often what we found ourselves were doing was the, the execution or the implementation of that uh, was poor. Uh, to, to put it mildly, it was very poor. So all of these great ideas, very few of them actually got implemented. So when we created uh, the business, you know, post the sale, um, for me, it all became about implementation. You know, we talk about execution, the importance of execution. Um, if you don't implement anything, um, then not anything changes. Nothing much changes in your business. So, in fact, if anything changes, it's probably your, your frustration levels continue to rise because the, 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 the problems are still there and they're not going away. So uh, results, not recommendations, uh, is all about making sure uh, we don't just talk and consult uh, it's about how do we put that stuff, how do we get the rubber on the road uh, and making sure that those ideas, in fact, become a reality through action. So, you know, we talk a lot Amp, about um, change doesn't come with time, which is, you know, sometimes what we commonly think. Change doesn't come with time, it comes with action. Uh, and the reality is a lot of us don't have that sort of uh, capability, if you like, to know what action it is that we need to take uh, that's going to get the ideas into reality so that's where that comes from that's really intriguing and, and and why do you think that is greg why why do we focus i guess not so much on results um, or, or not why are we so unclear about what actions we need to be taking to produce yeah. results? yeah and I, and I think um i have a theory on that Amp. I, I feel like um we we're successful like we go into business in the first instance because we have a passion we're good at what we do uh, and, you know, effectively we, we start the ball rolling and we, we build and we become successful at that. Um, it's through our own success, though, that what happens is we, we reach the limit of our own capabilities uh, because most of our capabilities are centred around 
the actual profession or the service or, or the delivery of what we do with our skills. They're centered around that. Um, but what happens as we become successful is we start introducing people into our equation. So we employ people, for example. Uh, it could be that, you know, we've got more customers coming on board. So we have the, the mix of more customers and potentially uh, different complaints and uh, things coming through. Uh, systems and processes are a big one because uh, people in those instances still have a lot of their systems and their processes sitting in their head. So what that does is it means that, you know, once you start to put that under a lot of pressure and you're pushing more stuff through that, um, and having more people, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't get a consistent result. Uh, it creates a lot of pressure. So I feel like what happens is uh, owners in their businesses through their own success, the victim of their own success, um, actually hit the limit of their capabilities. And you know this is where we start to and we need to think about what external help can I bring on? Like what are the skills that I'm missing uh, that I could potentially employ and outsource? Uh, to help me, uh, you know, plug that gap, if you like, uh, that's going to help take that forward. So, and that's when results come. Like, a lot of people are happy to recommend, uh, and they probably are giving you the right recommendations to be truthful, um, but it's getting the results uh, and putting those things into action that is where you'll get. And, and I don't feel like a lot of people do it because it's, they're busy and they probably don't have the capability. They'll always default to what they know. Uh, and these things are a little bit outside that skill set. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to be said about you know finding the discomfort in the process and then leaning into that rather than saying okay, well, I, I'm just great at doing this one thing or these 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 couple of things, uh, and then avoiding you know the growth opportunity, uh, which is really okay. Like you say, do we find you know and attract the right talent or skill sets into the business? Do we outsource it to someone else who can do it for us? Uh, or is maybe it's a systems and automation issue and, and we can find tools and, and products that can do that for us. Um, you, you're yeah. touching on a few pets of mine there, Amph, um, because, you know, I think, you know, in, in essence, I, I think one of the positives that's come out of this last couple of years, it's been a really difficult time, let's face it. And, you know, a lot of businesses, unfortunately, haven't survived. But, um, but one of the things that for me that comes through in all of this, it's helped us understand what's important. Um, so if I'm trying to put a positive spin on things, it's, I, I think a lot of people um, are now getting to reach back to their roots and sort of say, you know what, um, I should just stick to my knitting. This is my, I know these are my strengths, so maybe I should stick with that. And some of these other things that I've tried to do for myself in the past, maybe I shouldn't be doing those um, because I'm probably not doing it very well anyway. Um, and it, what it will do is it frees us up. Uh, we're starting to really get back in touch with what's important and where we get most of our satisfaction. So, um, and you talk about automating systems and that, that's a whole different topic, but uh, and, and I'm very passionate around a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, uh, we, we'll, we might have to do a second session around automation because I think there's a whole dialogue we can go into there. Uh, yeah. I'd like to talk about just the growth of your business. Um, mm -hmm. You're big on referrals. Obviously, that's the topic of the day. Um, yes. Can you talk about just, you know, how do you go about asking for a referral and, and how what's the right mm -hmm. way to do that without making yeah. the client feel uncomfortable? Yeah, no, look, the first part of that uh, answer really comes from knowing that you've uh, built a very strong relationship and, and strong relationships come obviously from delivering a good service. Um, you know, and, and for me, uh, we call them one percenters, but I, I, I place a big emphasis on the one percenters. So, so the first focus always needs to be, um, if you're building a relationship, it needs to be a very strong uh, and deep relationship that you've developed. 
usually through the demonstration of, of what you do. Um, it's giving people an experience uh, that is memorable. Um, in terms of asking them for a referral, it, it doesn't get as difficult then because you, you're really just asking them. Like, in, in fact, we had a meeting just this morning with a client uh, and we've been with this client for several years and they're, they're saying they want us around for another 10. Um, and in that conversation that we had with them, we asked them, you know, what are the things that you're really valuing in this relationship? So that was the first part of the process of asking for a referral because it's helping us understand, uh, you know, the sort of things that they're valuing. Uh, it's a fairly easy transition then to go to the next phase of it and say, well, you know, in your circle, like there must be a lot of other people uh, who would have similar sorts of issues that they're struggling with right now. Uh, you know, is, are there any of those that you feel would value from what we're doing uh, for them? And, you know, would you mind? Uh, and we asked them in this in this same thing for an introduction. So uh, they did have somebody and, um, you know, they're, they're basically uh, going to give us a, an email uh, introduction. So that's the way, you know, in terms of getting down the logistics of how do we do that, uh, we usually ask people to make a, a very soft intro through an email uh, from which we can we can create a response. Um, there's probably one other point yeah, that's important. Um, we often don't ask for referrals because we're feeling uh, perhaps a little bit apprehensive of it. But um, a lot of people don't refer uh, because they often think that you know we're perhaps already busy, or there's probably this sort of uh, perception that they've got that if I refer somebody, it's going to make them more busy, and will that impact on me? Um, so I've always found uh, when we get around to referrals, it's important to make it very clear to people that you know the success of our business. This is how I usually frame it up: uh, the success of our business is no different to yours. We we have to grow, uh, and you know we need to make sure that we've got a healthy growth. Um, you're an ideal client. We really enjoy working with you. And, you know, if we had more like you uh, in our circle, um, we will all be successful. So it, it just helps them understand that, you know, we're a business too, because they, they tend not to think, they often think of things from their perspective. Um, but it's important for them to understand that we're also a business and we also need to be successful, uh, just like them. Absolutely. It's a really good point you make about assumptions we make about clients and whatnot and uh and sometimes they make about us like they might say oh you know greg's doing a fantastic job it looks like business is going well uh but you know they, they don't really know what's going on in the background uh like we don't know what's going on for them so it's always nice to have uh, you know regular check-ins and, and just make the request now now do you um being that you're the systems guy do you do you have a system or have have you got any tips on how to systemize the act of asking for referrals yeah, we do. Um, and and they, they've got a number of different levels in, but uh, probably the first one uh, that I would just share is that uh, we, we have what we call a nurture program uh, and that is systemized. So, and we put people onto the nurture program uh, where we want to have a regular point of contact with them. And depending on the level of the relationship would determine the frequency of that. Um, but the nurture program, it can take the form of uh, a phone call. It can take the form of a piece of informative information that's relative to them. So it's it's um, perhaps a little bit of um, news that we've picked up somewhere that we know would be of value. So it can be just a little handwritten note or uh, just or a, an email uh, attachment just saying to them, we thought this might be of interest to you. Um, it could take the form of a meeting, um, you know, that's a face to face and you know, when we can do face to face. Um, in the virtual world, obviously, it might take the form of a, of a call. Um, 
I, I call that sort of program uh, being in circulation. Yep. I, I think, um, you know, this is something I've had a, a belief around for a long time that, you know, if we start to hide ourselves, um, you're not in circulation and people are not going to see or hear you or, or anything like that. Was, and at first, I remember the, the occasion this first uh, came to me because uh, when I had my practice, um, I used to make a point of getting out at lunchtime and just going for a walk just to get some fresh air because, you know, you imagine sitting behind a desk in, a, in an office all day. So I used to go for a walk. The number of times that when I went out for that walk that I ran into people uh, didn't result in business necessarily straight up, but I ran into people and you got in a conversation with those people and, and invariably there was something that came up that, you know, could potentially lead to uh, a referral down the track. So um, so we've tried to now set that up in a, in a virtual world where we've got this nurture program where it's it's actually calendarized uh, and people, you know, have points of contact. Looks very random from their perspective. Um, and, you know, from their point of view, it's just, you know, they're getting a piece of information or, or a contact from us. But um, we, we get a lot from that. I get a lot of appointments from that app. Um, you know, when that happens, we, we pick up a lot of appointments. So, so that's, that's one part. Um, I guess the other part of our, um, our sort of referral type program is um, it's, it's knowing um, when in the relationship to ask, and, and there's no right or wrong time for that. Um, uh, some, I, I have actually asked for referral uh, early in the piece. So if, um, if they've had a, a good experience and there's been a, a high, high point, for example, or there's been a, a um, an actual piece of information come back that is signalling that it's been a good experience. Um, I would I wouldn't be shy to sort of say, oh, look, if you found this to be a good experience, um, you know, would you mind, or do you know of people who might might also share with that or, or would benefit from that? Um, so in our system, it's it's basically training people because uh, a lot of this is a little bit skill based. Mm -hmm. um, rather than necessarily systemized, but it's training people uh, to be listening out for and, and probably asking the right questions as well, um, to listen for some of those opportunities as they arise. So um, it could come at the end of an engagement if you've got, if there is a closure of the engagement and it's been a good engagement, uh, put it into your system that, you know, one of the, in your check off, you're signing off, uh, that is one of the questions in the checklist that, um, that gets asked. Uh, so that you know, people get to understand that it's part of our process uh, to ask for a referral. Yeah, I really like those those two different pieces of uh, process. I guess you have there. Uh, I think you you also call them trigger or you, you call trigger moments is what is yeah, one of the sort of phrases that you it. utilize. Um, yeah. And I like the the. The, I know at the end of the engagement because that's usually something that that we set up for our clients is uh, you know once you complete a job or or or, or, or you know if you're coaching and they, they complete you know a certain time period uh, you might then say you know can you we'd just like to get your feedback it could be an NPS survey that you send out it could be whatever it might be and at that point obviously they're giving you hey we loved your work we love what you did here are our results. Um, and it's very positive, then you can go back and say, well, hey, can, you know, is there anyone else that, that might want to work with us um, yeah. or can you introduce us to? So I think it's their timing. What I like what you, what about, what I really like what you said just then, Greg, was um, that you don't have to wait till the end of the engagement, right? No. There are periods no. where, you know, where something is, the relationship is going well, like you're happy, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, they're happy. Mm -hmm. And then it's, um, you know, if, you, if you're having a wonderful experience, can you introduce us to a couple of friends or, or whatever mm -hmm. it may be? Like that's, that's really yeah. natural. Uh, and it's, it's interesting that we do that outside of the water business, right? So 
you know, I've got this party going on or I've got this happening, you know, do you want to invite a mate over? Uh, we don't have that in the business world necessarily. Right? No, we don't. And, you know, you, you, you actually raised NPS, Net Promoter Score. Um, that's yeah. a great tool if people are using that. And if they're not, you know, have a look at it and consider it because it's a really great tool um, because it's going to give you a grade out of 10. And um, it doesn't matter what score comes back. There's a reason for you to contact. So, you know, if it's a, you know, what they call a detractor, which is giving you a less than seven result, uh, absolutely, you want to be onto them very quickly because that's probably not going to be a referral. They're going to be giving us some very um, bad mouthing uh, potentially uh, out there, and they tend to be a bit more vocal as well. Uh, but if it's a, a seven or an eight, you know, there's an opportunity there to contact them and say, well, what would have made that a nine for you? Um, mm -hmm. One of the sort of things that would have bumped that up for you. Um, if it's a nine or a ten, uh, our process is to actually ask that client uh, for a testimonial or a review. Um, and again, that's deepening the relationship. It's helping um, to have them uh, get out there in, in, the, in the land where we can demonstrate uh, a case study, effectively, uh, of a good result. And you know, this is coming from the mouths of uh, somebody who's had an experience, much more powerful than coming from us. Um, so you know, we, we, we have that practice. That's part of our process as well. Fantastic. All right. So I wanted to say welcome to the people who've just joined us live. Uh, if you have a question for Greg, we're talking about why word of mouth and referrals will never go out of style. Uh, Greg's from yourbusinessmomentum.com.au. I've just got that on the screen. So if you want to head over and uh, learn all about the great work that Greg and his team are doing to help other business owners to systemize their businesses um, and, and even more, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, but, but certainly go check out his website. Uh, and there's a bunch of resources there. Now you mentioned case studies. Now, you know, for me, that's a trigger word, Greg. So what I'm gonna do, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pull up your uh, website here. Let's bring uh -huh. it up. And we're gonna look at your client success page. Um, yeah. You have this page that you, you and the team have been building out, which is your business coach reviews and client stories. Yes. And uh, you know, you've got some fantastic uh stories here from various clients you've worked with over the years so can yes. you just talk about why you feel case studies are powerful um you mentioned that you that they're really great as an entry point into asking for a referral um and and but but i'm just curious about your philosophy around and understanding around the importance of collecting these case studies and why do you have them on your website oh look th this is a key plank uh if i'm really going to be brutally honest um People relate to people and, and more particularly, they're going to relate to a particular problem. So, you know, the spectrum of once you've got up here, these are all coming from people with different problems that we've helped them solve through time. Um, so if people can go in here and they'll, they'll see a story and they're going to see a, a story of a journey. So these, the way we structure these, and if I know you're very familiar with this, it's the before, the during and the after of an experience. So a great case study is always going to talk about it in that sort of uh, context. So you're traveling through a journey um, and it's helping people understand that, you know, these people have a, had a problem too. Uh, and, you know, it's that problem uh, that we help them solve. And now this is what we're realizing. So, um, so I feel like this is a key plank um, in, in sort of capturing people's own experiences and it's going to be more creditable credible coming from somebody's had an experience like the one you're showing there right now um, that's a client that we've been working with now for uh, probably three years two or three years now um, and that's another one that's going to continue on for quite some time because of all of the different things we're doing in there but um, this particular client um, it was very client-centric um, very uh, 
centered around um, Simon and you know exactly what uh, nothing really happened without Simon's involvement so uh, and you know what that creates is a sort of a hierarchy where everybody everything sort of comes back to the center of the owner um, and you know that this business actually is very successful um, and you know employs over 30 people but um, he, he had really was struggling like he was working very long hours in the week uh, had no real structure around uh, how he attracted, retained the good people. Um, there was very little systems in this business. And, um, you know, basically through the course of time, uh, we've been able to slowly but surely chip away at a lot of those things to the point now where Simon is very much on his business, um, just working on his business. And he's now got time to spend, you know, working directly with and mentoring uh, people who work direct, you know, under him or in the, in the business with him. Created great culture. Um, you know, this is we've seen this culture shift in the business through the through the course of that time as well. Simply because um, he's now got more time to spend uh, directly with his team and do more mentoring with them as well. So it's, it's, this is a really good case study, actually. You're listening to Authentic Influence. Learn the tips, strategies, and practices for taking your influence to the next level. Now, back to the show. Yeah, this was an amazing story. And I remember having the chat with Simon about just how the work that you and, and, and Josh had done with the dashboard and, and really getting him uh, and, and, you know, and his team the visibility they needed uh, yeah. to understand what was yeah. going on, what was working, what wasn't working, how to improve. Um, mm. and. and that that's the thing right like you assume that a business that's been successful like his it's been running for you know i think it's decades um yeah, yeah you assume that they, they know what's going on like you assume like it, it's you know multiple locations and, and we're on on the ball um yeah. but here here is someone that's saying well actually you know i wish i had better visibility i wish i had yeah. you know mm -hmm. the tools that gave me real-time feedback um yeah. to help out our team members and, and that's what you were able to support him with so um fantastic it, it felt like when I actually watched, uh, and I remember you doing this one for us, um, it felt like it almost like you know, if I could have paid someone, I probably wouldn't have got a better result. Um, but he, he literally was saying all the things that we would um, would want anybody to say. It was just um, such an amazing thing. But, but you know, he, um, it, it is his experience that he's, he's now, and it, it's a team effort. Like we talk about results, not recommendations. It's a team effort. Simon gets in and does this stuff. So it's there's such a great, bunch to work with and um that's because of that he's getting the results now now i remember one of the things that uh, you know this is consistent with a lot of the stories that you've got on the on you know in your marketing here uh mm -hmm. word of mouth is huge and yeah. uh the power of a recommendation like i had someone on earlier this morning i spoke to and, and they just said you know what i i bought someone's service 100 mm -hmm. just from a recommendation from someone i trusted yeah. Um, they hadn't researched any other vendors. They really just went. And, and I remember Simon saying the same thing. Greg came recommended. I, I had a chat with Greg. There was a great, I thought there was a great fit. Uh, and then we moved towards, you know, the coaching program, whatever it was that you, you started with. Um, so so why, why is it now, even though we have all these digital tools and apps and all these things we can do that at the end of the day, you know, I'd say 99% of businesses are still saying word of mouth is where it's at. I look at and if I can say to you that uh, it's 99% of the business that we do, the new business that we do is through word of mouth referral. Um, 
and and look the reason i believe is um there's so much noise out there now like we've got social media we've got um advertising you know there's lots of different ways that we can uh, send a reach out to people to uh to to look at us look at me um the problem now though is that because it is so evident it's so noisy um that it, it becomes very um distrustful people don't trust it you know like we're all sort of saying very similar things and we're promising everything uh, and it's promising things that we know are solving real problems, but there is no sort of credibility that sits behind that. How do we know that what you're saying uh, is, is actually what we'll realize or what we'll experience? Uh, it's only through word of mouth um, that you're gonna get that. Uh, so um, I, I feel like in this environment, it's become more important uh, to have those deeper relationships and build those word of mouth um, relationships because I feel like now um, people are looking to get some level of um, uh, reference point or, or credibility um, measure uh, around what my experience is going to be. So, um, and our, our referral uh, rates are very high uh, and the conversions particularly are very high. So, you know, we do a lot of work on LinkedIn, as you know, Amp, um, yeah. but, you know, and then LinkedIn, that's about building a community, but uh, anything that sort of comes through that source and it's usually quite random, um you know that there is a quite a deep qualification process you need to go through to see whether they're even a fit for you whereas a referral um you know they're already coming along warm or even even sometimes quite hot uh, because they've already been qualified for you by your referrer uh, the people giving you the the uh, referrer uh referral uh have already largely qualified them for you um so the conversion on that becomes you know in the high 90s uh, 90 percent so um, and that's always been our preferred uh, pathway. It's, but it's growing that base, if you like. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, yeah. A couple of questions that came to mind as you were sharing that. One is, how do you uh, do anything to give a thank you to the referrer? Um, if you mean by way of a gift, um, we tend to be a bit more random with that. Um, so for us, it's a bit more personal. Um, we, we will usually contact them and thank them. Um, sometimes we will give them something extra so if they're a client for example that's referred um we'll, we'll give them something extra uh in terms of and we call those the one percenters that we we've already mentioned um so we'll give them a one percenter and by way of a thank you making sure though that we point that out to them um so we don't want that just to seem like it's um part of our normal standard way of doing business um we want them to understand that okay we we appreciate what you've done uh, it's really valuable and uh, for that we would just like to return the favor uh, in some way um, you know we, we've got some referrers that refer like we've referred to um, and you know they've sent us a bottle of wine or or things like that um, yeah it's appreciated but um, we, we probably like to make things just a bit more personal is, is our view um, so you know um, we have um, uh, we have when we've got a, a because our, our relationships that we build are long term with clients, the lifetime value of our clients can be very high. If we get a high quality referral that converts into a client, we have taken people out to a lunch or a dinner or something like that by way of thank you. Uh, and again, it's a much more personal touch. Um, and, you know, again, we make the point of letting them know that this is a thank you. Um, yeah, so that right. if there's a connection there that uh, they've done something and this is our way of just um, saying thanks for them. I, I, yeah, I really like that, and, and it's very consistent with what 
I guess your approach around relationship building and making sure that it's for the long term, uh, you're not incentivizing and saying, hey, you refer someone and uh, certainly you can do things like, you know, commission payments and these sort of things. But in my experience, um, the, the best referrals are the ones where money's not on the line, where it's yeah. not, that's not the incentive. It's because we just love that you do fantastic work for us uh, and we want to support you in that way. And, and when the, if the occasion were to arise, you, you would do something similar for us because you know what we yeah. do, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that's been, in my experience, that's, that's worked out the best. Um, and I've tried the other scenario where it's like, okay, can we do, you know, uh, profit share and other, other sort of things? And, and they tend not to, to be sustainable. It does yeah. money. So, like, and I, I think that the other thing that I've found um, is when we do have a good referral relationship, you, you're often actually promoting the referrer because there's often things that we'll identify in the process of what we're doing that we can point back to the referrer and say, look, have you chatted to such and such about this issue? Uh, you really should be. So we're actually uncovering opportunities as well for the referrer. So it's a really true collaborative relationship. Um, and when you get people understanding that this is a mutual thing, the client is at the centre of it all. And, you know, we are working here uh, in a collaborative relationship to identify everything we need to keep this client uh, at, at an optimal position, giving them the optimal result. Uh, and that'll often mean we're going to have that sort of circle of collaborators um, and we'll identify those opportunities and refer them back. Um, so uh, accountants for us are great because we will uncover a lot of things where people haven't spoken to their accountant and you know we can just point it out to them like have you gone back and had a, had that conversation you really do need to um and we're creating a little bit of extra work for the accountant as a result so it works really mutually yeah they call that a partnership made in heaven um, <laughs> uh, so you're very active in just sort of understanding small business looking at where there are opportunities um is there a, a What's a trend that you're paying attention to right now, Greg, that's sort of yeah. really happening? Like, uh, if I were to pick a trend, um, I'm, I'm feeling like coming out of this last couple of years, a lot of people are feeling very tired and weary. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of issues that have sort of, um, I guess, resulted as a consequence of that. Um, we're, so we're seeing a lot of people um, at a point where they're just really starting to question things. Um, and, you know, I'd like to think that, um, you know, people, People need to have hope. So if we're looking forward into 2022, uh, I feel like we need to, you know, basically get very clear around what it is that we're actually seeking to achieve. I, I've really found this disconnect that's happened between my personal uh, goals and ambitions and the business. And, you know, many people I feel have become slaves to their business. And um, and that results in, in this tiredness, this disillusionment, the frustration. Um, so I think the trick for us um, is to, start back at the personal like we're doing a lot of this at the moment with people we you know, owners who have sort of got this sort of um they're, they're feeling a little bit underwhelmed uh, or mm. perhaps disillusioned uh we, we're actually going back to the base and sort of saying well, okay why are we doing all this um what is it that you need wave your magic wand but let's think about all of the things that you uh, want in your life um what's what's the truly important things it's a good time for us to do that because this last couple of years has given us a good opportunity to really think about that quite deeply um so we start there and then we start to look at the business. So well, how well is the business matching that? Um, like, is it supporting that or is it pulling you away from it? Um, are there things in this business that we could change that would help, you know, bring that more into alignment? Or are we done? 
you know, like, is are we actually done here? Like, is have you actually outlived your business and it's time for us to think about something else? So it's a really good um, conversation. I think um, the trend for me is, uh, and my encouragement to people, is to start to really go back to understanding what I want. You know, what, is it, what are the things that are really important for me? Um, and, you know, really, really get honest, really honest around that. And, uh, and then, you know, weigh that up against the business and see, does the business actually help me get there or is it actually pulling me away from it? Um, so that, that's sort of some things that I'm seeing here. Excuse me, that, that, that's a huge trend. And, 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 and even outside of the, the entrepreneur business space, like I think that's, you know, people, we, we're hearing about the great resignation in the US and a lot of uh, employees leaving companies and, and just deciding, you know what, I don't want that career anymore or I, I don't want, you know, I don't need to be uh, slaving away 40 hours, 60 hours a week doing this thing. And, um, you know, it's not about the money. I've got it. I'm good. You know, like my family are okay. And, and uh, it's probably, it's not good for my mental health and my well-being. and these sort of things are coming up. So I definitely agree with you. That's a huge sort of trend at the moment. Um, yeah. Well, I think the, the other implication of what you're just talking about, because we've tended to focus on owners in this conversation so far, but the, I think the trend that, that comes from that is as business owners, we need to start thinking about what do we need to provide? Like if we, um, as an employer, a valued employer, uh, what are the things that we need to provide to really adapt to some of those things? Because you're exactly right. This is this great resignation is a real thing. Uh, I saw some stats just the other day where 38% of Australians, mm. uh, and the figure in the United States is 40%, are looking to leave their work, where their current workplace in the next 12 months. That's a huge exodus. Um, they haven't done it to this point because they've, they've wanted the security of the income because of what's been going on. So they haven't actually been looking, um, but now they are looking. And you know, if we're in the marketplace looking for new people to come and join us, it's, it's a really, really good time for us to be thinking about that. But make sure that the offer that we're putting together is conducive or attractive uh, that accommodates some of these things like flexibility and um, you know um, a bit of balance and things like that in it. Uh, and we, it's not all about money now. That's the opportunity here. It's not all about money. People are making choices uh, for other reasons. And, and yeah, uh, I'm sure you've, you've come across those, some of those stats that talk about Generation Z or whatever, the youngest generation out there in, in the workforce, mm -hmm. and they're driven by purpose and they're driven by you know, meaningful work and, and, and not so much about the dollars. Uh, it's assumed like the, the dollars are there, but we also want to make sure that we're going to, if we're going to be there 40 hours a week, uh, mm. you know, that, that I'm doing something that's going to contribute in a positive way to environment, to my family, to culture, whatever it may be, um, yeah. which is really it's fascinating. Difference. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, we're going to wrap up the, 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 the chat. I love talking to you, Greg. I think you, you've got, you've made some really good points about just what's happening in the market, about the power of relationship. Um, is there a resource or whether it's a book, a podcast, a documentary, anything that, that would be helpful for someone listening to this and, and they want to get more into that um, uh, world of systemization? Um, and, and always, I have a systemization because that's one area that you specialize in, yeah. or the other would be around that word of mouth and building better relationships with your clients and your partners. Yeah, so I think, uh, well, you know, the um, you've, you've already featured um, Dave on your uh, podcast here before, but on the live, but um, certainly have a look at systemology because that's that's a great little resource to help us understand the structure and how to systemize your business. That's a big part of it. Um, I think a lot of the other stuff, um, 
you know, that there is a book um, that's one of my favourites, and, and it's around leadership, but it's it's leadership and self-deception is the <coughs> excuse me is the name of the book. It's it's uh, written by the Arbinger Group, um, and but basically, leadership and self-deception is all about um, how I'm showing up, and the sort of results of what that creates. Uh, when I show up in a certain way. And it's, it helps us understand the importance of taking responsibility. Um, and I feel like that's, for me, that was one of the grounding uh, books that I encourage a lot of my people to read. Um, it's, it's not a difficult read. It's, it's quite an easy one to read, but it just helps us really, uh, I think, ground ourselves. I, I think sometimes we become a little bit, um, uh, I don't know what the right word is, disillusioned, but uh, a lot of us don't demonstrate good leadership skills. Uh, and certainly when we get into a, a, what I call a scarcity mindset, um, we, we panic and, you know, that creates more uh, tension and, and pressure. Um, what we need now is leadership. We, we need people who are creating a vision uh, and a purpose behind the vision and, you know, putting some plans into place to make all of that happen. And that all comes from good leadership. So uh, that's, that's for me, is uh, a skill set uh, that people should be, um, should be developing. Um, again, we, you know, we had a meeting with a client this morning and we we're talking about some of this stuff and they're, they're looking at this next generation of their business. So they're sort of looking at their, their, leader, their leadership team. Uh, and, you know, we, we sort of, um, you know, we coined the phrase and it is actually a book by, um, uh, I forget the name of the author now, but it's called Leaders Made Here. Uh, it's a great book too. Um, and, you know, we talked to this business that we were working with this morning about the importance of them having this sort of legacy that they're creating through their next generation of their leaders. So so a lot of us that are in business should be thinking about the legacy that we're leaving uh, and making sure that we're putting the right uh, resourcing and training and time mentoring uh, into the people that we should be to help create that legacy uh, through good leadership. So. Fantastic recommendations. We'll dig uh, those up and link those to the show notes for those of you listening on the podcast. Um, I think that conversation around leadership is a timely one. Uh, I think you're right. You know, we're looking at just what's going on with the pandemic. We've got, we, we just went through an election last weekend here in, in New South Wales. Um, and, you know, and, and deciding who are the best leaders for our, our, our towns, our country, you know, these sort of things are going on. Um, and, and we're looking for examples of what does great leadership look like, you know, within companies, within uh, community groups, within, uh, you know, government, right? So, um, and I think we all have, if, if one, there's one thing I would take away from pandemic, it, it's looking at your own personal leadership um, yes. and, and, and how do you, you know, uh, like what you said before, you know, these conversations you're having now with clients and people around, well, why are you doing it? Like, what, what's the real motivation and, and, and what's the opportunity here for you? Um, to really step into that that power, uh, mm. fantastic, Greg. Uh, final question for you is related to all of this: is just what's one thing that um, that you do for your own mental uh, well-being? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so for me, uh, there's a couple of things I do. Uh, one is I'm a regular meditator, so I try and find at least uh, 20 to 30 minutes a day uh, to do some meditation. Um, Reality is that that probably doesn't end up being every day, but I try and at least hit the four to five uh, meditations a week. Um, I do some yoga. Um, I also have a personal trainer that I train with three times a week. So I'm doing a lot of per, uh, physical exercise as well uh, to help me, um, you know, basically keep myself energetic 
and fit and uh, and energized you know it's 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 basically for me uh and has been part of my life for many years now um because i you know i, I think you're touching on a really important point actually um we we do need to take the time and in investing in ourselves uh in those ways and they're the things that work for me um not everybody's cup of tea but they, they're the things that i do for me Oh, great suggestions. I think getting into the body, uh, getting into the, connecting to the spirit. Uh, these are all things that um, don't require too much, you know, they don't cost a lot of money. They don't, you know, right. time is probably the one thing that, that you want to uh, delegate to that. Uh, but certainly to operate, you know, and the research has been, the research is there. To be, to operate at your optimum requires, you know, um, putting effort and, and, and time and presence into uh, self and, and, and your body is, you know, a big part of that in your mind. So yeah. Greg, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's been wonderful talking to you. I always enjoy our conversations. Um, again, for those who are listening, just head over to yourbusinessmomentum.com.au. Uh, check out what Greg and his team are doing. If you're looking for a business coach or a mentor or someone who can actually guide, you know, your, your business to, to scale. Uh, and I'm sure you probably worked with some clients to exit as well. Um, yes. that, that's, that's certainly uh, what Greg and his team can specialize in. Thank you so much, Greg, for your time. Any last words for our listeners? Uh, look, I, I, again, I'd probably finish with what I started with. Um, action doesn't come, uh, time, change doesn't come with time, it comes with action. So just remember that. And, um, and so if you're wanting to make some change in your business, um, identify what actions I need to take. And don't try and bite off more than I can chew. It's probably the other little piece of advice I would give with that. Uh, you don't eat an elephant in one sitting. Um, you know, we take small bites. So we need to prioritize the first things first, using the Stephen Covey analogies of uh, seven habits, deal with the most important, and then just progress your way through. It's a journey, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So we need to stay the course. Absolutely love it. and a great message to wrap up the year with because we are in december and uh, for those going into reflection mode and thinking about what to do in 2022 uh start with with those tips that greg has given us thanks again greg we'll talk to you real soon for everyone listening thanks for joining us today thanks love it Anne. thank you Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, if you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode. for listening to the Authentic Influence podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co. 